This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Saturday night. The Wild three and the Flames nothing. Philip Gustafson with a 31 save shutout. That was ugly for the Calgary Flames. A 3-0 defeat against the Minnesota Wild to end off a three-game homestand. And now the math even more difficult for the Calgary Flames if they want to make a push for a postseason spot. Happy Monday. Welcome to the program. It's Logan Gordon along with you. Sportsnet today is underway here from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Outstanding production team of Cam and Taylor in the other room this afternoon. Lots to get to on the program. We will chat all things Calgary Flames on a game day. Back in action after that loss Saturday. They are in Dallas tonight for a pair of back-to-backs in Dallas and then a chance to perhaps pick up some revenge against Minnesota tomorrow. So, you know, we'll break all that down. And the latest Flames news with Pete Labardi is coming up in just moments. Later on this hour, uh, it was a very special day in our city yesterday for the University of Calgary men's hockey team. The Dinos picking up a huge win Yesterday, we will chat with the play-by-play voice, a voice that known pretty well on the Sportsnet 960 Airways. Riley Pollock will join us in Hour 1, and uh, Hour 2, we'll take a look at the opposition, get the latest on the Dallas Stars with Brian Ray of Bally Sports Southwest. But let's kick things off like we always do. Let's head down the Alice Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and say hello to Peter Labardius, the color voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. He's brought to you every single day by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference, now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. Good afternoon, Lou. How are you, sir? I am excellent. Good to hear. Uh, game day again for the Calgary Flames, and... Uh, we won't spend uh, too long on it. It's been dissected plenty and uh, talked about plenty, but we, uh, we'll we start with Saturday and what was uh, a pretty disappointing end to the homestand for the Calgary Flames. Well, it was very disappointing, and the team was lackluster, did not have a lot of energy or passion in their game, and thus they were not the more desperate team and needed to be in that case and look like a team that frankly was spent and looked like a group that knew the end was near so that was then this is now and while even when you do what I do you're looking at math you're 
checking a few things out in regards to, you know, how could we make this better? How can we get back in the race? Logan, as difficult as it is, and, you know, last week between trade deadline games where they played pretty well and had nothing to show for it against Toronto and especially Boston, they didn't have it. They didn't have it on Saturday night. So that is where they are. The math is not good. The probability is not good that they're going to play past April the 12th. And the best that this team has to do coming off that effort is it's really time Logan is miserable as it's been to forget about miserable and enjoy the games that you have left to play. It really is. And I asked Jason LaBarbera for our pregame show today, you know, he's been in lots of different situations. You know, he played in an Arizona team that obviously knew what it was like to be maybe disappointed or not where they wanted to go. So, I asked him a short time ago, with a steep hill to climb, how do you best go about your business? The best way to do it, and I mean, it's cliche, and I think a lot of people have said it, is you just, you really have to take one game at a time. Like, I know it's a boring answer, but it is, it's the truth, right? You can't really focus on what the other teams are doing. You just got to worry about yourself. And, uh, you know, obviously we've, we've hit a bit of a, you know, a, a rough patch the last couple of games here, and. You just you got to find a way to dig in and, and find ways to get some points and get yourself back into it. And you never know, like, you know, you get on a bit of a hot streak. We're certainly capable. Of it. We haven't shown it much this year, but we're certainly capable of it. Um, you know, and you never know. It's, you know, other teams might get hurt or other, other things could happen. And uh, momentum's a funny thing. So if you can, you know, get two points tonight and kind of go from there, that's kind of what you're uh, focused on right now. It is cliche. And it's hard to do, and it's hard to rally people that are incredibly frustrated and disappointed. I don't care who or what or when or how. But you got to go out tonight and really, in all sincerity, another cliche, you got to quit worrying about yourself and your own disappointment and the team's disappointment. You got to go out and play hockey, and you got to play hockey to the best of your ability and your focus has to be on one thing and that's beating the Dallas Stars and we'll have we could have this conversation I'm not going to but we could have it every game between now and potentially if the math comes to an end it's all you can control it's all you can do Quickly before we move off of Saturday, Lou, I did want to get your thoughts on Troy Stetcher's debut as a Calgary Flame. Troy, guys, Troy is was and will continue to be even better going forward once he gets used to new partners, new system, new style. But showed me right from his first two shifts, he's going to battle and he's going to skate. He's going to play hard and. Um, He's going to make you earn your ice against him. And I thought on a night where it was hard to feel very positive about anything or anyone, the goalie would have been number one again for me in the positive scale. And Troy and the backland line wouldn't have been too far behind. 
Speaking of the the back one line, yes, uh, another strong game for them. And uh, shouldn't surprise anybody, Lou, that uh, as morning skate took place today and we saw the forward line shuffled up for Daryl Sutter, that that back line with Manjapani and Coleman was the only of the four forward lines that wasn't shifted. For those listening, uh, the forward lines at morning skate today looked like this. Uh, the back line remains the same with Manjapani and Coleman. Jacob Pelche skating on the left side of Lindholm and Toffoli. Nick Ritchie with Kadri and Huberto. Milan Lucic and Trevor Lewis with Dylan Dubé in the middle. What did you make of the shakeups that we saw at boarding practice today, Lou? I always like to go sometimes in reverse. So what was your takeaway, Logan, when you saw that earlier today? Well, I, I wasn't surprised, frankly. I, I think that this is very much so a, an effort by the coach to not only inject some energy into his lineup, but to, you know, I think reward a couple of guys that have played very well. And that's, uh, you know, for sure, Jacob Peltier, who gets an opportunity with Lindholm and Toffoli. And I think it's an interesting spot for uh, for Nick Ritchie to start off uh, the Flames tenure of his career. And let's be honest, it's an audition for a potential contract next year. If he can find a way to play well and play consistently with guys like Kadri and Huberto, uh, that's a, a feather in his cap towards getting another contract. Yeah, I see a lot of those same things, but I'll add a couple of wrinkles. So if further to your point, if Nick Ritchie is going to have any kind of future with your team, I think you have to put him in places where he's going to feel empowered and have an opportunity to make a real difference. So I think he goes there tonight for not only that reason, but when you take a look at the Dallas lineup and the way it's built and potential matchups with their people and some of their size and two guys who are struggling, absolutely struggling, and I'm a little surprised that at some point, and I think it happens I'm not sure I see those guys anymore as a good fit. Jonathan Huberto needs the puck, and he needs people that can read the game and see it the way he does. And I think Jacob Pelche did a very, very nice job in that respect. But the other part, whether it's Nick Ritchie's insertion or... It's the other one for me, too, that I point to, and that is this. It's Dylan Dubé. And on the surface, Logan, he has he's dipped after probably as good a stretch as he's ever had. But I know one thing that is very concerning to Daryl Sutter, and it's very concerning to me. I don't know if this team has enough speed down the middle of the rink to truly compete with some of the other elite teams. And Dylan can skate, and Dylan enjoys playing with Milan, and against Dallas, that's a very deep, physical, hard-to-play-against team with guys on the back end that are hard to deal with certainly for tonight i can understand why you would build your lineup that way 
and you'd like to get, you need better play from your center ice position. You just, it's been, it's been one guy for about three weeks. It's 91. Who, who's doing it all. He's checking the oh, best. Yeah. His line creates the most. They give up the least. 11. Check, check all of it. Check yeah. whatever you're into. Analytics, expected goals, expected. But for me, it's always really, I'm not big on the expected front, Logan, because you don't win or lose games by expected things. You do it by things that happen. But the one thing analytically that I am very interested in is what you generate, what you give up when you're on the ice in terms of good opportunities both ways. And then what also factors in for me in the analysis is what kind of assignments do you have in doing that? And that line checks all the boxes very well outside of it's still not a group that's going to score easy. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll get a look at those lines tonight against the uh, the Dallas Stars. They were a very good team. They've won three in a row themselves coming into tonight. They are first in the Central, second in the West, just a point back of the Vegas Golden Knights and coming off of a big win themselves. Uh, Saturday night against the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, I did want to ask you, you mentioned it a little bit there when we were going through those lines, but uh, Nick Ritchie will make his debut tonight. Uh, you and me were together for our trade deadline coverage on Friday and you know talked a, a bit about it, but now that it's you know sat for a little bit, we've had a game under our belts that Nick didn't get into on Saturday. How do you see this fit between Nick Ritchie and the Calgary Flames, Lou, potentially over these last 19 games? That's up to him. He was drafted 10th overall in 2014 because people saw the makings of an excellent NHL power forward. He's never found it for any length of time in any city with any consistency. What I'm really hoping, and and even though he has struggled since the break, I draw a real parallel potentially between Nick Ritchie and Nikita Zadorov. I, I see them very similarly, where Nikita, a lot of ability, a lot of physicality, but needed to go somewhere where he connected. And while I said, and will repeat, I think he struggled since the team came back from the break before that in the last two years I've seen some real strides Nick Ritchie hasn't found it yet I don't know if he will that's up to him and a lot of it for me is I'm and he's a great kid I'm not sure he's ever been in the world's greatest shape and I don't think he's played with anywhere near the kind of passion and consistency that he can play with. His best year in the NHL statistically was his first with the Anaheim Ducks and was pretty good in the playoffs too. 
I haven't seen that guy since at this level. And he's had his chances. You know, I remember, you know, the going to Boston, he had a, an all right season with the Bruins mixed in there in a 56 game season. Toronto took a big opportunity on him. You know, there's been lots of opportunity in Arizona the last couple of years. This is a, uh, an interesting one to watch over these last little while because I'm with you, Lou. I think there's a ton of potential there, but uh, you know what? What'll change about it being in Calgary? Is it maybe Daryl Sutter the opportunity to change? I don't know, but you're right. It's it's you're getting a long way away from being that tenth overall pick in 2014 if you're Nick Ritchie. You are now the style. What Daryl appreciates when guys play the way they can should give him an opportunity to be successful. Nick Ritchie is never going to be a guy that drives a line. But if he goes up and down his wing and uses his physicality and can create and he can shoot it, there is no doubt about that, that would really play quite nicely into a lot of what Daryl Sutter wants and with the group that he has. He needs people to retrieve pucks. He needs people to put pucks in behind people and go get it and potentially create room for others. Now that's the area of Nazem Kadri's game that for me has fallen off. Not to mention that when people are frustrated, as we talk about on this hit a lot, less is more. He's trying to beat guys one and one everywhere. He's trying, but he needs to be simpler and harder and harder away from the puck too. We'll see if he can do that tonight. Uh, Flames taking on the Dallas Stars. A pair of back-to-back games for the Flames starts uh, tonight in Dallas. Looking forward to that one. You'll be on uh, Flames warm-up with Pat Steinberg at uh, 5.30 tonight, Lou. 6.30 puck drop, Flames and the Dallas Stars. Thanks for your time, as always, pal. Bye. Thanks for having me. Peter Labardius, color voice of the Calgary Flames, joins us every single day to kick off the program. He's brought to you by our good friends at the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. Now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. On the other side, it was a historic moment at Father David Bauer Arena last night. Calgary Dinos' first conference championship since 1996. We'll talk to the man who called it for them and uh, has been calling their games all season long. Just happens to be a uh, friendly, familiar voice on these airways. Riley Pollock joins the program, talking all things Calgary Dinos, next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Plays it forward now. Now it's stopped by Scoobart. He ties it up along the wall. The Dinos drought is over. The University of Calgary Dinos are Canada West men's hockey champions for the first time since 1996. Oh, I don't know what was sweeter. The Dinos picking up that victory or hearing those dulcet tones of one of my favorite people in the world. 
Welcome back to Sportsnet today. It's Logan Gordon along with you, and very happy to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and welcoming a familiar face to these airwaves, face to the airwaves, voice to the airwaves, whatever. Close enough. Uh, it is the play-by-play voice. You just heard him there of the Calgary Dinos. Riley Pollock, kind enough to give us some time this afternoon. Riles, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Logo. How have you been, buddy? I'm good, my man. What an exciting night last night. First of all, tremendous call, as always. Thank you, sir. Uh, how much fun was last night uh, at Father David Bauer? It, it was crazy. I mean, the whole weekend was insane. Two overtime games, and then the Dinos come back and went 2-1 in the third period last night. It was honestly just a dream come true as a as a play-by-play guy. I've never got to call a championship before, and to have a series like that be my first was just absolutely insane. And uh, it's kind of been like that all season for the Calgary Dinos. Hey, it's you know it's been a season full of records and really cool moments for the team. And to cap it off, I mean, look, going back to 1996 for this program, as you had in your call there, and as everybody's mentioned, I mean, not to age us or anything like that, but you and me were small boys in Calgary and Regina back when this team last figured this out. Yeah, I was uh, about I don't know two and a half, three years old when they won. So uh, yeah. It's- it's insane, and it it just couldn't have gone any better. I mean, they started the season two and three, and I'm not sure that many saw the run that they went on after that coming. 23 straight wins, and then you know they they win 23 straight games and lose game one to Sask in the semifinals, and because of the best of three format, their backs are immediately against the wall after 23 wins. So they came back in that series. Uh, they came back twice against Alberta, and it it was just. It just seemed meant to be at uh, at some point last night. You've got a ton of experience uh, around, you know, university hockey in Calgary, your time at Mount Royal, obviously doing stuff for the Dinos. How cool was it last night to see a packed house at Father David Bauer, just over a thousand fans there uh, for that sort of atmosphere and that sort of game? Yeah, it, it really is maybe the most underappreciated level of sports uh, in the country is the Canada West U sport level of you know, basketball, volleyball, hockey, it's just, it's all so much fun. And, you know, most of the guys on the team play WHL or whatever it may be, CHL, with a few that play AJHL and in other leagues like that. It, it's just really, really good hockey. So to to see up around a thousand people three straight nights at Father David Bauer and just the environment that uh, it created for those boys, they deserved it so much as they've been so good all year. So, it was crazy. I couldn't hear myself, especially on that four-four goal call on uh, on Saturday night after they were down four nothing heading into the night. You can barely even hear my call because it's so loud in that building. So it really was amazing. Uh, you mentioned it a little bit earlier. I did want to talk about this series against Alberta. You mentioned the two overtime games. This best of three format is so invigorating to me, Riles, because anything can happen. And even last night, as I'm watching the game, Alberta gets up one nothing, and you're starting to think. This is the deciding game, right? This is all of a sudden something completely new. It could be over today, and this dream season for the Dinos could be over. Then they have that great third period and find a way to win it. But it was as close of a three-game series, I think, as you could probably ask for. Yeah, it was It was the two best teams in Canada West, and I, I'm not sure that they aren't the two best teams maybe in the nation. I guess we'll figure that out in a week or two here at Nationals, but... It, it was such good hockey. Alberta got the opening goal all three nights, and the Dinos managed to tie the game all three nights and, and win two of them. It, 
it was so back and forth. I mean, besides the first 40 minutes in game two, where I think Alberta was the much better team in those first two periods, it was as even as it could be. And, you know, two first-year goalies that were probably the two best goalies in the entire Canada West to, to backstop these two teams, it was they really were neck and neck and you know it comes down to one goal three three one goal games throughout the series and the dinos found a way somehow last night give me a sense of what the season was like cuz you you went back and you mentioned you know hey it was a slow start for this team then all of a sudden they rip off 23 wins in a row riley it's a record for the club with 25 wins in the regular season what's that process like going through that game after game like i'm curious what it's like at like game 16 you're sitting here going when is this team ever going to lose again? And you finally get to 23 and it must've felt like just like a, a, I don't even know how to explain what that would have been like for, you know, the weeks on end of winning. Yeah, it it really was crazy. I mean, they cut out of the break and they, they hadn't lost. Well, yeah, 23 straight games and they set the Canada West record at the Crowchild classic, which is insane by itself as uh they were trailing in that game as well and came back to win. So it really was just a never-say-die attitude. I, I really haven't seen a team just play as a group. It seemed like someone else every night was stepping up to make the play when they needed it. I mean, it's not like they were running teams out of the building 7 nothing every night. There was a lot of close games, a lot of comebacks in that 23-game stretch. And, yeah, it's just... I think they had the best decor in the Canada West. They had the best goaltender in the Canada West. And as a forward group, there always was someone making a play at the right time. In this series, it was Josh Mazur who had both game-winning goals to uh, to win the series for the Dinos. So it really was just a magical run. And it is hard to explain. I mean, it's one game at a time for these guys. But, you know, when you're piling in 17, 18, 19 straight wins and then to finish the season with 23 straight it just, it, it's crazy. I mean, they lost three games all regular season, and it was in all three losses were in the first five games. One guy that uh, has a lot of name value on the Dinos because of his time with the Hitman is Riley Stotts. He's in his second year. Uh, I believe he was a conference all-star for the Dinos this year, Riley. How good is he for the Dinos this season? He He's so good. And he, he was a little snake bitten at the start of the year with scoring goals. He had all the assists in the world, but then he started putting the puck in the net as well, and it would it would blow my mind if he didn't get another shot at the pro level at some point here. He was a former Toronto Maple Leafs draft pick and then comes through the U Sports route, but he really is magical with the puck. Uh, he His head is always up. He knows where to go. His hands are just absolutely disgusting. It uh, He's fun to watch for sure, and he was the leader offensively of this group all year long. Talk about the leader with the C on his chest, Noah King. He brings an interesting mix of experience to the group, having a little bit of time in the AHL. He's obviously got his WHL time with Spokane. He was uh, an important piece for the Dinos seemingly all season long and a leader from the back end, Riles. Yeah, he sure was. And, you know, they got Connor Horning to be his D partner. It's his first year, and all of a sudden they're the top pairing on this team, and they shut a lot of teams down this year. And, you know, Noah King won a uh, Universe championship as well, so he's got two gold medals here. He's looking for that third one at Nationals, but He's just a great leader and, uh, you know, I believe just in his second season with the Dinos. So, I mean, to be named captain that early, this this is a young group, Logan. They're, they're losing three, maybe four guys this offseason, returning a large majority as long as all the guys come back. It's it's going to be a dynasty, and Noah King could be there for uh, 
for a little while with the team, and, and he's such a good leader. He's so patient with the puck. He rushes it when he has to. He's got a good shot that kind of gets through traffic from the blue line. He's he's just the total package from the blue line. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because for people who maybe don't pay as much attention to uh, you know, the university level, you're right, it is an extremely young team because when you go through the rosters and you see how many guys are first or second, or even third year, there's very few on this Calgary Dinos team. It's mostly first and second years comprising this team. And for the opportunity, like you said, to bring back as many key guys as they're going to be able to, not just for one year, but potentially two or three, that's not something you see every day at the university level. No, a lot of teams, when they win you know, the Canada West or a national title or something like that, have the majority of their stars be fourth or fifth years kind of in that range. But that's not the case. It's a lot of second-year guys. And, I mean, obviously the fifth years, like Bradley Scumbart had a huge game in game number two to, to eventually tie that game up. But it, it is a lot of the young guys here, and it, it doesn't necessarily make sense. I think maybe the COVID years uh, kind of help with that as there was a lot of turnover when they weren't playing a lot of hockey. But it's, it's crazy that this team is led by so many young guys here, and, and they have a chance to you know make two or three runs together here at a Canada West title in the Nationals. So getting ahead of myself a little bit, they still got to win one national championship. <laughs> but if they return this group next year, I mean, it's a group that won 23 straight games. So I, you got to think they're the favorites by, by quite a bit again next year. Talk to me a bit about Mark Howell. Uh, he's been the head coach of this program since 2009. Uh, and obviously with uh, the record just coming up there since 1996, they haven't been there. So Mark hasn't been there as an opportunity, but he's done a really great job with this group. And you can tell, uh, you know, he's enjoyed the moment. I, I loved watching it last night. He was part of the celebrations with everybody. And mm-hmm. uh, you just feel for a guy that's, you know, put in a lot of work with the program and now getting rewarded with it during this great year with the Dinos. Yeah, Mark's had to see Saskatchewan or Alberta win quite a bit since he's been <laughs> here. So uh, to, to beat Alberta, who is, you know, the – the pinnacle of Canada West. They have 17 Canada West titles. Uh, they do it, you know, every year, every second year, it seems like. So to beat them, for him to be there, he was there for the university championship as well with Team Canada and King. So he's got the two gold medals as well, and the guys just love him. I mean, in the I was in the locker room last night, and uh, all the guys just the biggest hugs for him. He he's I've never I don't see him smile very much, and I don't know if I've ever seen a bigger smile on a human being than I did when he was coming off the bench last night when they won that championship. He's just a great guy, and uh, I'm, I'm really happy for him to be able to finally pick up this Canada West title with the Dinos. We're chatting with Riley Pollock, play-by-play voice of the Calgary Dinos. They pick up uh, their first conference championship since 1996 with a 2-1 win over the University of Alberta. Just a couple more for you, Riles. We talked about a couple of guys you know, that were huge pieces of the Dinos this year, but as a guy that watched them as often as you do, who are some of those maybe under-the-radar guys that really caught your eye this season that were important to this run for Calgary? Well, a big one for me, I think, is uh, Jake Grish just took a huge step this year. He's one of the top goal scorers in the Canada West, and I would say he played more of a bottom bottom six to middle six role last year and then just got put on the line with Stotts basically right out of camp and just kept putting the puck in the net, and he was a bit of an unsung hero. And Colson Jenjenbach as well, who was in the bottom six up until about Christmas, he got moved on to a line with uh, Grecius and Stotts and just absolutely tore it up. He's not the biggest guy, but when he's on the ice, you kind of hold your breath as soon as the puck's on his stick. So those two adding the Stotts on the top line was huge. And uh, Brendan DeYoung as well, who's the guy that I 
don't believe is coming back next year, but on the blue line, he, he can move the puck up the ice so well and uh, really helped with the rush. I think that was a big thing for the Dinos this year was their puck-moving defensemen. Kind of all six in that group are fluid skaters. They can you know move the puck quickly in transition or skate it themselves, and I think that really helped with the offense. The entire group of six was just so huge on that back end. So there's a few there. Obviously, Bradley Schoombart, the fifth year, was a, a big one. And then Josh Mazur, as clutch as they come with the two game-winning goals. So it, it's tough to pick out one for this Dinos team because, like I said, it seemed like somebody new was stepping up every single night. But uh, there's a good group of guys there. And, uh, yeah, those are some of the guys, I think, that were the unsung heroes. And then Tedichuk, of course, coming in as a first year and being the goaltender of the year in his very first uh, Canada West season is pretty insane. So talk to us about what happens next. It's uh, off to Charleston PEI for both of these teams uh, as they head to the U Sports Championships, eh? Yeah, they'll be out in PEI. And, I mean, I'd be very, I'd be shocked if the Dinos aren't the number one seed in the uh, final eight tournament. Uh, and I would assume they play the hosts PEI in the quarterfinals. Uh, so it'll be the Friday, all, all eight teams play in quarterfinals. Uh, Saturday's the semifinals, and then Sunday's the Golden Bronze game. So it, it's a quick weekend out in PI. I think they'll probably go out the Tuesday before just to kind of get acclimatized to the time change and that kind of thing. But it's a quick weekend at Nationals, and, you know, you, you got to win or you're out. It's it's a tough one, and the top eight teams will be there. Uh, and I believe it'll be just Alberta and Calgary. Sometimes a third team sneaks in there, but uh, – I think just the top two will be heading there. So I would I would assume Alberta's more in that five six kind of area, um, and then the Dinos should be the number one seed. Although UNB uh, out in the Atlantic there is a very good hockey team as well. They will probably be seed number two. Yeah, and just quickly on that point, uh, my understanding heading into the championship is obviously you know winners are going to go there. I believe UPEI gets a spot for hosting, correct? And then the yeah. rest are sort of. Uh, determined as to you know season records and where they finished whatnot yeah that's that's pretty much it the host gets a seed uh they are a top 10 team in the stat in the rankings this year pi i think they are ranked 10th so uh it'll be tough for them but uh they'll probably draw the dinos first and then yeah the top two teams from the canada west usually go uh there's two teams from oua two teams from quebec and then uh usually a host and then one atlantic team so uh There's some at-large bids kind of thing, like the the March Madness tournament. Yeah. It kind of just depends on seating, but uh, yeah, that's usually how it goes for the for the national tournament. And that'll get underway next Thursday, uh, March 16th, from Charlottetown, PEI. Uh, Riley Pollock along with us, play-by-play voice of the Calgary Dinos, a longtime voice here on Sportsnet 960. The fan and Riley, of course, the text line was very excited uh, to hear that you were going to come on the airwaves today, and uh, of course. I have to ask because the text line's asking, uh, look, the dino stuff is great, but there's a couple people, including Jamie, text in. We need to know what kind of fast food Riley's getting down with these days. Oh, man. There's uh, there's always a bunch getting into this body. You know, I haven't <laughs> switched that since 960. Uh, <laughs> it's, I don't know if I've tried anything new, though, recently. I might need some suggestions from the text line to go mm. out. I've just kind of been in my... Uh, my Dairy Queen and Wendy's and Burger King rut that, uh, you know, I usually just go back to the well for those three places. So 
there's any suggestions out there of new places, I would uh, I'd love to try some. I have to go wrong with the classics, but uh, yeah, if the text line provides any good new places for you, I'll uh, I'll shoot you a text after we're done. Um, before I let you go, though, you obviously do stuff with the dinos, but you're also uh, an associate digital content producer with the uh, Roughnecks. It's been a cool year for the Roughnecks so far, pal, and uh, I believe seven and four on the season. Uh, just behind San Diego in the West, uh, some good wins in there, and coming up in just a couple weeks, uh, one of the premier matchups for the Roughnecks at home. We always get excited for the uh, the St. Patrick's Day coming up March 27th, and a good opponent uh, against the Rush too, hey? Yeah, March 17th it is uh, against the Rush, and we're up around 11,000 tickets sold already, so it's going to be nuts. Hopefully get both bowls filled uh, for this game. And, you know, the Rush always travel well as well. So those Saskatchewan fans, Logan, people from Saskatchewan like to travel with their teams. Uh, yeah, weird. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's it's going to be a blast. The boys have been uh, doing well so far, four-game winning streak, and then just lost one to Vegas uh, before they went on a bye. They're back in Colorado this weekend. So, uh, yeah, we, we had a bit of a turnover, obviously, in the off season at on the offensive side, but uh, they're starting to gel on the offensive side. Our transition game is for sure the best in the NLL and Christian Del Bianco might be the best goalie in the world as well. So the team's been good. The seven and four record might surprise some people, but uh, yeah, you, you got to get up to a game if you haven't so far this year. Uh, the the St. Patrick's Day game is definitely the one to get to on Friday, March 17th. Uh, it's going to be a blast. We got a bunch of things. We got giveaways. Uh, we got a big flight giveaway Ooh. as well. You have to be uh, you have to be in the building to win that one. So a uh, little teaser there, but uh, yeah, it's it's something you want to be to be at for sure. As it's it's the best party in the city, and it's the biggest St. Patrick's Day party in the city. So uh, how can you go wrong? You can't, and it's the uh, the lone home game on the calendar for the month of March uh, for the Roughnecks is that Friday. So it's a perfect opportunity. Head into a weekend, have some fun with the Calgary Roughnecks. It's gonna be a great game. Uh, the first of two straight against the Saskatchewan Rush, and they've got Colorado, as Riley mentioned, coming up this Friday. If you want ticket information, head to calgaryroughnecks.com. Riles, thanks so much for catching up with me, pal. I always, uh, always get to chat with you, and great that we had an opportunity to bring it up with uh, a pretty big win for the Dinos last night, pal. Yeah, it was great to talk to you, Logo. I miss you, buddy. Uh, I'm sure I'll see you soon. And, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's turn on those Dinos out in PEI. They deserve it. Absolutely. Riles, take care, pal. Thanks again. Have a good one, buddy. See ya. Riley Paul joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, the play-by-play voice for the Calgary Dinos, who picked up a massive win, their first conference championship since 1996, a 2-1 win over the University of Alberta last night in front of just over 1,000 people, a packed house at Father David Bauer Arena. Uh, If you want to head to Riley's Twitter, uh, he's got some of the calls up there. He did a tremendous job. Uh, And what a season it was for the Calgary Dinos. Not done yet. They'll obviously head out to the uh, to the U Sports Championship in uh, Charleston, PEI this week. Uh, next week, I should say, the 16th, it kicks off. But you've had such a tremendous season. That program's been good for so long, but hasn't been able to really get over the top. And then this year, they go on that tremendous 23-game winning streak. They finish 25-3 and on the year. And as Riley said, there are a couple of key people on that Dinos team. First, second-year players. Riley Stott's one of them. Uh, who can, you know, if they use out their eligibility and decide to stay with the Dinos, uh, this could be something you get used to seeing more of from this Dino squad. They've been tremendous, and hopefully nothing but the best of luck for them as they head out to Charlestown, PEI, 
for the U Sports Championships on the 16th. Going to be good. Uh, thanks to Riley for joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. And uh, yeah, in case some of you have wondered, Riley doing great work uh, with our friends over at the Calgary Roughnecks and uh, wanted to make sure to mention them too as well. Seven and four on their season. They are battling for top spot in the West against the San Diego Seals. They've got four games on the calendar this month, but just one of them is in Calgary. That's that 17th home game uh, against the uh, Saskatchewan Rush, the St. Patrick's Day game. It's a huge one on the calendar. It's one of the ones that the Roughnecks do at best. It's already a fun atmosphere, but it's one of the even special ones when they go out and do all the St. Patrick's Day stuff. And and it's a Friday, Cam. You can't go wrong with a Friday having fun at the Roughnecks game. Absolutely. I don't know what else you'd rather do. Nothing. Exactly. Go to the Roughnecks game. Literally nothing else. No. St. Patrick's Day, get your beer. Will they have green beer? I don't know. I should ask Riley. That should have been. That's high on the list. Should have been top of the list. <laughs> but uh, yes, it's one of the fun sporting events. One of the great atmospheres. Like I, I've always said this, Calgary, lucky to have as many different sporting atmospheres as we have. Uh, Roughnecks is one of the more unique and fun ones to get out to. And uh, if you're looking for something to do a little bit later on in the month, make some St. Patrick's Day plans. Ticket information available at calgaryroughnecks.com. We'll take a break. Come back on the other side. Time for a look at the opposition. The Dallas Stars taking on the Calgary Flames later tonight. Brian Ray from Bally Sports Southwest going to join us talking all things Dallas Stars next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.